What's up, everybody? It's Friday. You know what that means. It's another edition of Curveballs and Share Shots. My name is Brandon Tanguma. Sitting, not doing laundry, more than six feet away from me is my lovely and esteemed co-host, Dominic Hobson. Dominic, how are you doing today? Brandon, I'm doing just wonderful. How are you today on this lovely Friday afternoon? Well, I am actually doing fantastic. Dominic might say we're starting a little late, even though technically we're actually on time compared to what our normal schedule time is but the reason we might have been a little late is because i just randomly went to go hop on uh, a website and your boy i promised the viewers last week that i would give you an update and i have scheduled my first dose of the covid vaccine for tuesday so there you go doing fantastic dominic how are you i thought you were gonna be like i got a job interview or something like that and be like hey oh god no that's never happening yeah so now i'm just a little like lackluster news in my opinion but let's uh let's get on with the sad sad news well a lot of the sad sad news we're going to keep for the wrestling portion a lot of good news we have in the sports portion we don't know if we're going to do this every single week but since it is early on in the season we will do another mlb standings recap and let's start off on the east the red hot Red Sox stand atop the A at least at nine and four. They finally lost out of after they had a nine game winning streak. They lost yesterday, but they stand atop at nine and four, holding a three game lead over the Blue Jays, three and a half over the Yankees, Rays, and then those poor, poor, lonely Orioles. Which I think when we did the recap last week, they were in second place behind the Red Sox. Now they were there where they should be in last place. So Dominic, uh, Red Sox continuing to stay hot. I remember Mr. X asking us a question before the season started. I told you, I'm not just sucking Jared Carabas's dick. I kind of believe the the Red Sox are going to be sneaky good this year. And it's turning out to be the case. Well, I mean, it's the Red Sox. I mean, they no matter what's going on, they're still the Red Sox. They're still a decent team. Um, I don't think I expected them to be doing this well this early on in the season, but you never know. It's just beginning. Usually the beginning, everyone's shaking off the cobwebs. Everyone's, you know, getting acclimated to new players, new coaches, new everything. So I, I, I don't see this lasting very long. Breaking news. I went to go expand the standings. And for some reason, when I had it like minimized, it had the Rays above the Orioles. But now when I expand it, it has the Rays in last place behind the Orioles. I don't exactly know why that would be the case. It maybe it's run differential. I don't have that stat in front of me. But the Blue Jays and the Yankees... They're in the middle. I mean, it's all kind of bunched up. We're not going to say the Rays are going to be last, but I don't think so. I think they will be perfectly fine. But the Yankees continue to to struggle a tad bit. I mean, five and seven. We asked this question again last week. Did the Yankees, is it, when do you hit the panic button? I know it's two weeks out of 162 games. Luke Foyt going to be gone for a long, long time. So you don't have that security blanket and the big boppers, John Carlos Stanton. Good God, he just ain't doing nothing besides that one grand slam in the first series. But uh, I still have faith in, and I guess my Yankees because I have them winning the pennant this year. But uh, the Blue Jays, they're 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 hanging in there. They're uh, maybe a little. I mean, I know they're at six and seven, but they are doing a little bit better 
than uh, what I probably expect. Then over into the central, your spring training champion, Kansas City Royals, stand atop the central at seven and four. The Indians, seven and five. So they're right there. And then the White Sox, Twins, and Dominic's World Series champion, Detroit Tigers, down at the bottom. All three of those teams are at six and seven. Dominic, anything stand out for you? The Royals still atop. And the Indians, maybe the two bottom, not bottom dwellers, because I think a lot of people, besides Dominic, of course, because he's he's built different, had those two teams down in the bottom. But do you see the Royals and the Indians continuing? And do you see the White Sox and Twins trying to maybe turn it on because those are the two favorites and they have slumped out of the gates? Well, I mean, just to, you know, make myself feel a little bit better, better, the White Sox twins and Detroit are all on the same page basically so I'm not I'm not panicking on my pick yet but Kansas City I don't see them really writing this all the way out I do definitely see them hitting a really big slump I I'm definitely not counting on them being number one or number two you know in the future so I'm not worried uh the Cleveland team I I, I could see them probably stand around there but I will say be prepared for either the White Sox or those Tigers to start really making a comeback. Well, they have a four game series against the Oakland A's. They dropped the first one in kind of not a, I mean, I guess it's kind of a, a blowout. It was like what eight to four, but it, it was a lot bigger in the ninth inning. Uh, Dominic, there's only two teams in the entire MLB that haven't lost a series yet. Could you name me those two teams? One of them's obvious. Maybe the second one, not so obvious. Well, Brandon, I don't know if you know this about me, but I am what you call uh, a stupid, but just give me two names. Give me two. I'm, I'm telling you one favorite and one maybe surprise of two teams, only two teams who haven't lost a series yet. The Dodgers. Correct. That was the obvious one. And can you give me a hint for the second one? Well, we were just covering the AL Central. So the Royals. That a boy, Dominic. See, you're not that stupid. Yes, the Royals and the Dodgers, the only two teams who have not lost a series yet. Now let's take it out west. Do the little dance. Right, Dominic? Uh, The Mariners surprisingly are atop at eight and five. The Angels, seven and five, so they're right there with them. The Astros, they have hit a little bit of a slump because they got swept by those damn Tigers. They're at six and six. Rangers, six and seven. And the Oakland Athletics at six and seven as well, but it's a good six and seven because they dropped the first six games and now they have won their last five. Dominic, maybe we can go the Homer route first. Your thoughts on the A's? I mean, hopefully they can switch it around and go six in a row after dropping six in a row. Your thoughts on what the A's are looking like this week? Because I was what, very down what, on them last week. Yeah, whatever they're doing, they need to keep it going. I mean, definitely they're getting bats when they need the bats. Their pitching has been a little bit better. So whatever routine they're doing, if it's taking a shower, then going to the gym, eating fucking fried egg sandwich, then playing some baseball, whatever the routine is, keep it fucking going because it's been working. Now, hopefully those Astros, you know, tend to shit the bed a little bit. And uh, Seattle, Seattle is, I, I would say not sneaky good, but, you know, they have the, potential to be you know somewhere in the mix so don't sleep on them but those a's need to uh keep going what they're doing yes it's exciting that the a's are bouncing back five in a row but i will say to to hold the brakes just a tad bit they got two against the diamond bats they beat the the tigers 
Now they were convincing wins, at least the first game of the Tigers and the first game of the Diamondbacks. So that's what good teams are supposed to do when you face bad teams. But I mean, you face those two teams, you're supposed to take care of business there. I think the better part was going to Astros, going to Houston and getting the win, the last two of the series there. And as you said, the bats definitely have come alive. Steven Piscotti is starting to get hot. Matt Chapman is looking pretty good. And then Jed Lowry, good God. I said it, if Jed Lowry can stay healthy, he can fill that second base hole desperately what the A's need. And the bullpen has come around a tad bit. Sergio Romo is kind of the one marquee name that hasn't exactly been too good quite yet. But but I mean, let's be honest. When, when the A's signed him, I was kind of hot on him. I was like, oh, you know, he has the potential to to be something for the A's and he has been nothing but utter shit. I would not be surprised if you see him getting released or even traded. I mean, he had a decent year last year against the twins, but then when it came to the playoffs, he shit the bed against the Astros. And then, I mean, he, I mean, he came in in the ninth inning against the Tigers, gave up a few runs, got it done, but he had like a six uh, run lead to do that. And he's just throwing cement mixers. Hopefully he can maybe get some things going. Uh, the Astros, at six and six, struggling after that ace series, and even more bad news for the Astros. They had to place Jordan Alvarez, Alex Bregman, and Jose Altuve on the IL due to health and safety protocols. Now, I guess this would mean COVID. This de- I don't know if this means they actually have COVID, but them going down for maybe ten days, at least the next week. That's uh, not not good for them because I mean, all three of those guys really were hitting the ball pretty good and when you're struggling you need to lose your top three stars top three hitters not exactly going to be good carlos correa definitely has to uh pull the wagon there well go, it goes to show you that if there's any time for any team not just the a's but any team to really make a push and kind of get out to a decent lead of the astros because i will give astros credit they have the ability to just go on a fucking hot streak so if any time would be right now for any team to get hot and really pass those Astros. And the Mariners standing at eight and five. They're a good, talented young team. Can they keep it up? I, I don't see it. I, I mean, with the A's Astros and angels playing the, the way they are right now, I mean, maybe the Astros fall off a tad bit, but I think the Mariners might come down to earth a little bit. Didn't they play against the giants, but I mean, don't, don't sleep on those giants. We're going to get to them in a little bit. Now let's switch over to the national league. The Mets stand atop at five and three. They, you know, had the COVID at the beginning of the season. So their schedule is a little wonky, but the Phillies still standing there in second place. Marlins. They're right there in the middle at five and seven, the Braves, my Braves five and eight, not doing so hot, but I mean, Ronald Acuna jr. Maybe he's going to get back to his, Ronald Acuna Jr. self. So I'm still holding hope that they'll be good. But I think Max Freed or no, Mike Soroka got some shoulder issues. So that's not a, a good sign, especially coming off the uh, Achilles from last year and those poor, poor Nationals at three and seven. So, I mean, Nationals kind of not exactly what we expected, but I don't think a lot of people thought they would do too, too well. I think the Braves are the uh, kind of surprise on how slow they started thus far. And that, I have to agree with that. I mean, I expected the Braves maybe to be two, maybe three at the worst, but being all the way and down there in four. And with the Mets schedule being all wonky, like you said, I mean, you never know. It could be a little bit different. You never know. But And the Phillies, they, they have quite surprised me. I was kind of dogging on their bullpen. Only place to go but up after last, after last season. So they're doing a phenomenal job. You know, Bryce Harper, JT, all those guys over there hitting the ball. So at six and six, I mean, 
the Nationals at three and seven are only three games back of the Mets. So it's still very early. And maybe Juan Soto, you already know, though, can get on an MVP tear and lift his team to a victory. Then over to the Central, Mr. X, your Reds still atop the Central at seven and five, absolutely beating the piss out of the ball. They did drop one to the Giants. But uh, they continue to hit the ball, continue to mash the ball. And it's pretty much what I said. If they, if their pitching can like hold the other team under five runs, not saying it's a guarantee, but the Reds are going to score. And if the pitching can hold up, then that is their recipe for success. I just have to ask with, you know, every, I know Mr. X and a lot of other people were saying that with, uh, uh, who was the pitcher that fucking left? Oh my fucking God. Trevor Bauer. Bauer, God, I want to say Bur- Burrow, but that's a different guy. Uh, with Bauer leaving, that everyone was like, oh, the Reds eh, ain't really going to do well anymore. Do you think with him leaving, it kind of reinvigorated the Reds? Because they're like, all right, this guy wants to leave. We have the potential to win. Fuck him. We're going to do good. Or do you think it's just their luck? I'm not going to say it's luck, and I don't think they have anything against Trevor Bauer. I think when Trevor left and he had a Cy Young season, you look around, you see the Reds aren't going to probably pay him what he wants and what he honestly deserves after that uh, season in 2020. But uh, I mean, they're they're doing the recipe for success. Mash the ball, don't fuck up too much on in pitching, and they will succeed. So they they are uh, struggling out on away. It says they are two and four away from the Great American Ballpark. So hate to see it, but I mean five and one at home. I guess if you're going to play half your games, there might as well be very good. Then we got the Brewers tied at seven and five as well. The Cardinals six and six Cubs, five and seven pirates, five and eight. This is pretty much kind of what we saw with the central, the pirates down at the bottom Cubs probably in fourth place, but those top, I mean, even the reds, I don't think we saw the reds doing too, too much, but I think we kind of saw them in the mix a tad bit and the Brewers and Cardinals there as well. Yeah. I mean, like, like I said earlier, it's the beginning of the season, so I wouldn't be hitting that panic button for anyone just yet, but those Cardinals are going to come alive. I know it. Then in the West, the Doyers, they are doing Doyer things at 11-2. and two. And in second place, not Slam Diego, but the San Francisco Giants are 8-4. and four. Padres 9-5, and five. so technically they're kind of tied on schedule and everything like that. But Giants second place, Padres third. Diamondbacks in fourth and Dominic's Rockies at three and 10. Hate to see it. I'm a little disappointed. I really was expecting Colorado just to be fucking red hot. But if I, if I look at the standings, I know they're facing the Dodgers, which is an uphill, uphill climb, but they are the worst team in terms of games back. They are eight games back of the Dodgers right now. I'm just saying right now, I don't expect them to do much, but by the end of the season, they will be out of last place. Uh, Dominic, uh, I, I know you don't watch the Giants games, but your brother does. So you probably get some, uh, you know, some radioactive waves of knowledge of the Giants. I do. I do. So, I mean, if you want to take that dusty, dirty, disgusting Giants hat off or, <laughs> you know, take it out, you know, take it out of the garbage and uh-huh. put it on for a little bit and give us some of your analysis on what is going on with the Giants and how they are still in the mix. I mean, uh, from what I've seen, because like you said, my brother watches. So, you know, it's either watch that or clean the room, which, you know, I don't like cleaning. So, I mean, everything's kind of just clicking on all cylinders. Their pitching's kind of holding up. 
they were having big runs, big games, you know, base hit after base hit. Um, so everything's just kind of clicking on all cylinders for him. If it continues, you know, maybe we have the Giants in the playoffs. I don't know. Never know. Now let's move on. All right, well, first we do have some news and history in baseball. The last two weeks or this last week, we've had two no hitters. Joe Musgrove for the San Diego Padres first ever no, no in Padres history. And then Carlos Rodon from the Chicago White Sox, both pitched no hitters. Rodon had a perfect game going into the ninth inning hits a batter, you know, backdoor slider hits him in the foot. Kind of sucks, but uh, we had two no-hitters, both historic for their own right. Ron, Ron, Rondon, Rondon, Carlos, Mr. Carlos, he uh, had some issues with his arm. He's gone under surgery multiple times. Didn't even know if he was going to be with the White Sox, but yet comes through and was just absolutely dominant. I mean, the ninth inning, that's the only inning I tuned in to watch, honestly. And he was still throwing upper 90s with 100 pitches in the ninth inning in the second week of the season. So shout out to him. I mean, both those guys test them, test them. Both those guys are just absolutely phenomenal. And Joe Musgrove, San Diego kid pitching the first ever. No, no for San Diego. That's kind of fun. You look around at their stacked uh, starting rotation. You would think, you know, maybe Lamette or no. Well, yeah, maybe Lamette, you know, Blake Snell, you Darvish, maybe he would do one, but no, the hometown kid does it. So good for them. Right. Down they, need to, they need to test all of them. Steroids. Let's move on to the National Football League. We do have some signings to talk about, and most and kind of all of them are kind of bigger names. Jadavion Clowney has signed with the Cleveland Browns, not the Indians. He signs with them. I mean, pairing him with Miles Garrett, it's a little scary, Dominic. I don't know if it's that scary. I mean, granted, they're they're both great, but there's other combos out there that I would be more scared of like you and me, buddy. Mahomes. We're a great combo. Yeah. Jade Van Clowney hasn't exactly lived up to the hype of his college career, but he has, you know, been issued. He's had an issue with injuries and maybe if he's with miles Garrett, a lot of the attention will go towards him so he can get a lot of one-on-one, uh, pass protections and pass rush and maybe Jaday Van Clowney can have a bounce back season. Cleveland. I mean, they were, they had a really good season last year, making it to the playoffs, beating the the Steelers. If you were to put, you know, something on what they need to improve upon to get them to the next level, would you say it is the defense or would you maybe want to see the offense get a little bit more stout, even though they have the weapons? I mean, can I, can I ask for both? Because I feel like. Can I be too greedy? I, then I'd probably put, put more time and effort in the defense then. Cause I feel like that's where they really need it the most. So I'll, I'll probably go with defense. All right. Then going over to Arizona, James Connor, former Steeler running back. He signs with the Cardinals. Uh, Kenyon Drake leaves. So we thought maybe, Oh my God, I had it. What, what is the guy's name? You know, you're not going to help me, Dominic. But anyways, James Conner, he signs with the Cardinals. Your thoughts? Chase Edmonds, thank you for your help, Dominic. He, we thought maybe he was going to be a fantasy stud, get the back for a lot to himself, and then no, James Conner is out there. He's almost kind of a fantasy nightmare because he has potential, but then he gets hurt, and then when he does play, he'll like produce and get your hopes up, and then, yeah. 
So it seems like you already kind of have an idea of what he's going to do this season. That's what they pay us for, Dominic, is to have ideas. Well, no, because I mean, the season. Yeah, but no. Wait, you get paid? Anyways, Alden, 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 Alden Smith, Alden Smith, he has signed with the Seattle Seagulls. He was with the Cowboys and I mean, he has all the off field injuries, but it seems though he's uh, turned a corner and he's still, he's still a, a great talent. He uh, had a, I think a successful season with the Cowboys, you know, on his standards, kind of low expectations, but going over to Seattle, uh, you know, trying to build up that defense. I think uh, he, he's a good fit over there. Hopefully, hey, you know, I 100% agree with that. And I think this is a great pickup for Seattle because their offense can kick ass. Their defense is a little lackluster, I think, in my opinion, last year. But Alden Smith, I think if stays healthy and no issues off field, he is a great pickup. Got to agree with you there. Then finally, Julian Edelman, longtime Patriot hero announces his retirement wasn't exactly his choice. He failed the physical, his back's all fucked up. So the Patriots had to void his contract. And I think he saw the writing on the wall that he was not going to be able to either pass a physical or stay healthy for the entirety of the season. So he announced his retirement. I mean, sucks that he has to go out that way, but that's just kind of how football is. Uh, M- Super Bowl MVP, not very many wide receivers have done that. Dominic, your thoughts on a, a career and legacy of Julian Edelman. I'll definitely give him a standing ovation. Let's put it that way. I think he, in my opinion, and I know you respect it, right, Brandon? I always respect your opinion. Might not agree with it, but I respect it. Damn right. Um, no, but I, I do think when when I think of great wide receivers, in my I don't think he's great, but he does have those Super Bowl moments, those clutch catches, those, you know, like one in a million catches in the Super Bowl. So when you think of the Patriots legacy, you think of Tom Brady, you think of Rob, and I think you have to think of Edelman just because of those moments, those great plays, those touchdowns, those anything you could think of, you think of him. So it's definitely a career. I'm not going to say, you know, I I wouldn't put, put him first ballad, but I would definitely see him in the Hall of Fame. Okay, I was going to ask you the question because I put this out on the Instagram and it was kind of divided. Some people said yes, some people said no, and I knew you were one of those people who voted yes, Dominic. I just wanted to bring I didn't to your... vote at all, actually, so sorry. Actually, you did vote. I did? You did. Oh, I, I don't even remember. Anyways, so CTE I'm not going to... CTE kids. Uh, yes, CTE kids. Don't, uh, don't get concussions. Don't play football. Play baseball. It's a lot funner and safer. But, uh, so I'm not going to rain on your parade, Dominic, but I, I don't – Julian Edelman, Patriot Hall of Famer, absolutely. Folk hero, never going to pay for a dinner in his life over there in Foxborough. But looking at the stats, it was kind of surprising. I thought his stats would have been a little bit better. He's only had, I believe, three seasons over 1,000 yards, never went to a Pro Bowl, never first team all pro. So I think a lot of the judgment and everyone's thinking of it is just – maybe more clouded on his playoff and his Super Bowl moments more than like his longevity of his career overall. But I mean, so what, I mean, I don't know how to, how to explain it. Cause and I this feel is like kind of me with 
Hall of Fames in general. I have a very, very, very high standard for Hall of Fame. If I and look at you, if I look at your stats and if I look at you and like maybe you're a Hall of Famer, then you're not. And I and I don't even think Julian Edelman, if I look at the stats, like season stats, yeah, it, I don't it doesn't really compare. And you also have to take into effect he was playing with the greatest quarterback of all time. And, and I think that's what happens. Three thousand yard seasons. And I think that's what happens is you go you you think of Edelman, you know Brady's on that team. So why is why isn't he a Hall of Famer? But I think the bigger moments you have in the Super Bowl with the rings he has, I believe he will. Like I said, not for he's not gonna. It's not. It's gonna take him a longest time to get there, but he will be in the Hall of Fame. And I 100 percent agree with you. Patriots Hall of Fame, yes, but he will be shrined forever. Eventually, just gonna take some time to get there. With his Super Bowl moments, he will be in the Hall of Fame. Now, will he get a, a bus? I don't know. Is it a bus or a bust? Is there a T in there? I don't know. Is he he ain't going to get one, but oh. he will be, like I said, he will be there eventually. So he's not going to get a bus, bust, but he will be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, aren't, aren't those only created for like goats? I think that's pretty much it for everyone who gets in, inducted into the Hall of Fame. Down well, there. then he's going to get a motherfucking bus. There we go. So let's get on into the MLB real quick or yeah, NBA. MLB. We Anyways, the MLB. We talk about this dude, I feel like, every single week. First, we thought he was getting signed to the Heat. Then he signs with a mega superpower Brooklyn Nets. And now he just announces out of the blue that he's retiring. LaMarcus Aldridge, he gave us so much N- NBA content for like the past two months. And now he's, he's retiring, just kind of out of the blue. Apparently, he ain't ring chasing if he joined the, the Nets. And Well, I mean, he, if the Nets season. win, he gets a ring, though, right? I guess, but don't you think, even if you don't play that much, don't you think you would at least want to be there and experience it? Uh, I mean, I mean, I guess, I guess yes, but I mean, he retired due to the fact it was his health. He wanted to be there for his family. So, I mean, I can't really dog him for that. I mean, if I'm having a heart arrhythmia or whatever he was having when I want to be with my family, because shit, you never know what could happen next. I don't blame him. kind of an abrupt ending there but yeah i mean (laughs) he he, i mean he has his reasons i'm not gonna make fun or like hate on a player who retires for health reasons and to be with his family especially we're still in the middle of a pandemic so i i understand his uh his his reasoning for retiring i just kind of found it a little funny that we talked about him almost like every other week and then just out of nowhere he just retires so it's kind of just like you know closing the book on this lamarcus aldrich bit then let's move on to a player who's still played in the NBA, and he's played at a very, 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 very high level. And that is Stephen Curry. The man is absolutely on fire. He's having like back-to-back-to-back 30-game to back to back games, 30-point uh, games, games. That's how math works. Are you okay? Now I'm a little, a little drunk. Okay. Yeah, and he is willing the Golden State Warriors back from under 502 at 28 and 28. Got to remember the last four teams, I believe, get into the the play-in whatever scenario still and i'm kind of confused exactly where that is but they are in the ninth seat i believe that is enough for them to get in dominic your thoughts on steph just absolutely balling the fuck out not really having too much help otherwise and he's just kind of willing the team back into the playoff hunt i i will give steph credit he is holding that team together now if 
I, I would say, I give Jordan Poole some credit. He's had those moments. Uh, uh, was it JTA? He's he's kind of helping out every bits and pieces. Draymond is Draymond. So I mean, Steph can only do so much. These the other players need to start helping out, which they do the best they can. But I mean, Steph Curry is possibly one of the greatest point guards in the game right now, if not the best. So it, it's you know, it's fun to watch. Put it that way. But you know, I think. Ubre is injured or just I, don't, I can't remember if he's injured. Wiseman's the one that's gone for pretty much the race of the season. Well, yeah, Wiseman's gone, which hurts a little bit. But Looney, you know, my opinion, Looney is just as good as Wiseman. The only difference is I think Wiseman's a little bit taller, maybe by fucking a hair or something like that. So, but uh, you know, I I don't I don't expect the Warriors to just start climbing the fucking standings, but definitely squeezing in the playoff possibly. So looking at the standings, they're ninth with 28 and 28. They are half game back of the Grizzlies, 27, 26, a few games back of the Mavericks at 30 and 24. So maybe they jump into the eight seed, but I don't see them going any farther than that, but you just need to get in. That's really, everyone says, just make it to the playoffs and everyone starts fresh. So, I mean, shout out to the Warriors are doing good things over there. And I will say I have a new announcement. I have another team that I have to root for because it came out that Dwayne Wade has invested and is part owner of the Utah Jazz. And my Utah Jazz are atop the West at 41 and 14, baby. So I don't know what their their mantra is, but yeah. Let's get jazz. Can, can you really say my Utah Jazz? Utah Jazz? Utah Jazz? <laughs> can you really say my Utah Jazz when, when he just did it today? So, like, I mean, I don't think you can take credit. I mean, I, let's be honest. There's not, there's still a lot of room, I think, on the Utah Jazz. Utah Jazz bandwagon. Uh, yeah we'll see we will see now that is it for the uh, sports let's get into the fan mail segment otherwise known as mr x and friends questions of the week that was actually not that bad like maybe maybe one of like your better ones i will be honest was which like is, actually which like is nice funny because when i did that it says uh playing music set up professional audio and audio settings so i mean damn i mean i must be like celine dion up in this bitch anyways ah oh, brandon 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 and i will say and friends actually have multiple people and one of them yes might be tiger 27 but the other one isn't Haley. we have a what? new we have i know i know shit i will say one of them is wrestling one of them is i guess kind of sports related so i don't know if you want to knock those out first or knock the non-sports one out the way or yeah so you want to hold off on Mr. X or do you want to do, let's just do yours first. Cause Mr. X, you know, he well, is, okay, I'll, I'll at, we'll answer. We'll say Ty Gunny 27's question, then throw it to Mr. X. And then, cause he always does sports and wrestling. So I, I love how he organizes it based on how we talk about things. And then gotcha. we'll get into the second one because okay. it is a wrestling question. So okay, go ahead, go ahead. from uh, Ty Gunny 27, <clears throat> he asks, what's your MLB the show 20 record against friends online? Well, I am sitting solid at a zero zero. Well, if, I mean, if you want to be technical, if you look at the standings, if you look at my record, it would be zero and two, and both of those losses would be to a player named Ty Gunny twenty seven. But in my defense, Ty Gunny twenty seven 
plays Road to the Show on Legend Difficulty on a consistent basis. We're sitting here in April. I haven't played maybe the show consistently since like January. So you're just telling me to hop on the sticks after like two months cold. And then you're out here, you know, on fire playing on one of the hardest hitting difficulties. And I'm playing with the Tigers, no disrespect to Dominic and the Reds, no disrespect to Mr. X, but the pitching isn't exactly the best in the world. So, I mean, yes, yeah, I'm 0-2, but new year, new me. And maybe this show 21 came out midnight last night, nine o'clock our time. And, uh, you know, I'm the Oakland Panthers and whatever the hell Tigani 27's stupid team name is, we're going to get back on the sticks. We're going to have a, a battle and it's going to be a lot different next time. All right, buddy. I mean, you, you, you should literally keep talking for another like two minutes because you might get another question. Ooh, we might get another question. Why would we get another question if I keep rambling and talking? I don't know. But I mean, I don't know exactly what to do. First, uh, first impressions at MVP the show twenty one, opening package, whatever you call it, like the little intro video, an absolute banger. I mean, I absolutely loved it. It was so much fun. And servers were a little bit of an issue. I had some, you know, difficulties trying to connect to the Diamond Dynasty. Uh, but then when I got in there, it's a whole new layout, whole new uh, menu. So it was a little hard yeah. for me to mm-hmm. to get to get to know that and you know mm-hmm. be familiar with it. But mm-hmm. I think overall. You know, we're, we're on a good stretch. I, I pulled my first diamond. I pulled Aaron cool, Judge, cool. 89 overall. Awesome. And For it you? was kind of kind of crazy because MB20, I think the first diamond I really pulled was Aaron Judge as well. So Aaron Judge Ooh. is a consistent cool early participant of the Oakland Panthers. Cool. That's 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 really cool, Brandon. Um yeah. Is, is that really- it for uh uh, those questions or you know oh oh my god from 32 seconds ago i just checked the inbox again <laughs> we have a question from big fluff 13 and what? he responded to my question sticker mm-hmm. happy ramadan by the way to everyone who observes yep, yep. uh who is better at baseball in real life ty gundy 27 or you a brandon well oh. i mean that's just up for debate because we are in two different age brackets i'm five years older but if we're just going to go off, you know, who played baseball at the highest level, I mean. You're, you, right? Ty, Ty, Ty Gundy didn't make the JV Royal Baseball team, and I didn't. So I guess that means Ty Gundy is so much better than me because I am fucking Dude, I'm, I'm trying to fucking build you up here, you jackass. But, you know, then you. I, but then, you know, I also did play for the San Lynch Ports, and I was facing, like, a lot of comp- like college competition, you know, facing, like, 90. And I was, like, a lot of, like, good, solid high school and college players on that team. And my little scrawny ass, well, not scrawny, fat, skinny, fat, small. I don't know. <laughs> like, five, six, you know, 190 pounds back in my prime when I was fucking yoked. I was batting lead off in DH and so fucking suck me. You know what? I'm I'm gonna give you the credit right there. And Brad, you know, we you also know. played the Oakland Rock Hounds. Shout out Oakland Rock Hounds with Travis. I know he's probably listening to it at this point. You know, me and him, we were the two kids who didn't play on a high school team. But yeah, we were honestly maybe the best te- the best two players on that team. Exactly, we were, right? We were playing, so we were playing in the tournament at in San Leandro, the other team didn't have enough players. So me and Travis went to the other team and played for them, and we willed them to victory. I can't. I I'm just gonna say it. I think we beat the Rock Hounds. Me and Travis, you know, single handedly. And uh, yeah, so me and Travis are a dynamic duo on the baseball field. So and Tyler's so, trash. So the answer to your to the question that was asked by Mr. Big Love Thirteen is Brandon is better than Ty Gundy twenty seven. Yes. Okay. And 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 you know if, if Travis is listening to this and he wants to write in or you know maybe like a voicemail and he wants to just go in a complete and utter drunk rant about the politics of a Royal Baseball, go right ahead. We welcome it. 
I I will if you if he types out a message, I will read it verbatim, guaranteed. All right, so now we have we we're we. You told me, Dominic, to hurry the fuck up. Okay, jeez. God, you're, getting me on the, you're getting me all hot and bothered, right? I'm going to take my okay. pants off. Okay, well then, let's listen to Mr. X, because you know what he says? The very first thing, he says, a very hearty hello to you. Mm. Hello. Like, what kind of hearty? Like, like food hearty? Or like, you know, like, lovingly hearty? Uh, it's your, like your choice hearty. to interpret. It's Jeff You interpret it the way you want it, buddy. Either he's saying, here's a big old helping of some sports and wrestling questions, eat up, or... I love you. One of the two. I don't know. I love you more. Not possible. Yes, possible. Okay. And if you know the Bengals acquisition from, then uh, you're a real one. Shut the fuck up. But the Bengals acquisition of tight end Thaddeus Moss, who was a former teammate of Jerboro at LSU. How much does this improve the offense for the young QB? It's going to help them. But really what they need to look at is that offensive line. It was the offensive line that fucked up his knee. If you can build a good offensive line around him, I Joe Burrow, I believe, will succeed. Thaddeus, was it Thaddeus Moss, right? See. Okay, because who's who's Thaddeus Young? Isn't that like a different person? I'm gonna look it up. Uh, Going off on these ta- uh, tangents. Young. He's a basketball player. What That's play? who it is. Can I there we go? Let's see. Thaddeus. Charles Young Sr. is an American professional basketball player for the Chicago Bulls. Okay, okay. He played for the Bulls. Nice, nice. But anyways, uh, yeah, I think. Yes, he'll help. It, it'll help in, you know, the chemistry and the relationship because it was only two years ago when he played in college. So, you know, it'll definitely be a positive, I believe. Okay, okay, okay. Um, and next- I, I did see that they're coming out with some new jerseys. So hopefully those new stripes are fuego. Okay, Something we already talked about, Mr. Julian Edelman, future Hall of Famer, or he'll be remembered as a player with a great career. We've kind of already covered that. So do we got to cover it again? Random question. I saw yes. this on, uh, put this also on the Instagram. I, let's see if I can check the results real quick. Dominic, who, what career would you rather have had? Would you rather have had Julian Edelman's career or Megatron, Calvin Johnson's career? Oh, I didn't, I don't think I voted for it, but I... So basically, it's like, would you rather be a, a decent player and have rings. some rings, or would you rather be one of the greatest of all time and never have any playoff success or anything? See, I'm more of a, maybe I didn't play very well, but I got some rings to show off. So I'd probably go Edelman, Edelman, even though Megatron is, uh, yeah, I'll go Edelman. Megatron is leading the votes, uh, 66%. But I think I'm going to agree with you. I think I'd rather go with Edelman. I know Megatron, one of the best wide receivers, maybe the best modern day wide receiver of all time. But I, I do put maybe a little bit more emphasis on the rings. Maybe personally, just I mean, I'd rather play more football, have those memories with my teammates, than just kind of go ball out. Maybe have a lot more negative. Uh, I mean, let's be honest. Julian Edelman probably has a lot more positive things than Megatron. Yeah, because you're probably he's probably going like, hey, I only caught two balls today, but fuck i got fucking jewelry dog anyways brandon let's get to a, a baseball question you happy for that you happy about baseball we're talking about baseball what are your thoughts on the atlantic league experiment experimenting with moving the pitching rubber back one foot to 61 feet and six inches well good thing mr s asked this question because i completely forgot to put this on the script not only is that another rule of moving it back to 61 six inches but they're also going to implement this stupid double hook rule which says that the pitcher and the starting pitcher and the DH, you're going to have a DH, but once you take out that 
starting pitcher, then the DH also. Oh, we got the phone call ringing. Oh, oh. my God. Who is it? I don't know. Could Hopefully it, it wasn't anything important because I just answered it and hung up. <laughs> I mean, you could have let it ring and, you know, it could have, you know. I, I, I wish on the button, like there was like a quiet button, but there isn't. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. You can't just turn it down? I don't think so. No. I don't know how the landline phone works. Don't know what the fuck do I look like? Yeah, sorry. I mean, but yeah, so take out the picture. You can't use the DH anymore, you said? Yes, but I mean, that's pretty much it. I don't like either rule. I think it, I mean, the, the pitching mound one, you can look at it either way. Either it helps the batter because he sees the ball more, or you could say it helps the pitcher because of the movement. Like, yeah, on a four-seamer, it'll definitely help the, the uh, batter because he has more time to react. But if he throws, like, a, a, a wicked slider, that thing is just going to move even more. So, basically, it's however you, you know, interpret and want to agree with. Okay, cool. And I absolutely hate the double hook rule. Both of them could just go fuck off. Okay, great. I agree. So, that is it for the sports. On to some wrestling, some good old American wrestling. Bye, Travis. Can we really buy this explanation of budget cuts as the reasoning behind the release of these now former WWE superstars, especially since Vince got a billion dollars for this Peacock deal? No, let's be honest. If WWE wanted to pay these wrestlers, they could have. Now, it is a completely different situation than last year. This was at the very beginning of the pandemic. We didn't know what was going to happen. I know we probably all underestimated how long it would be happening. But now I'm, I don't know if I'd say understanding, but I'm not as mad at WWE for making these budget cuts because now in the US, even in Europe, you know, all the major wrestling countries, there will be work either right now or in the future. They can't sign with the no complete, no compete until July 14th. And I think by July 14th, let's be honest, I think there's going to be a lot more events and a lot more opportunities for these wrestlers to be signed but i mean they're a business they're always going to try to trim the fat and maximize their profits so the two names that i have in my head right now well okay you know i'm not even i'm going to save one of them for for maybe later in the podcast or maybe next week but we can just take i mean do you just want to tackle all the releases because we do have the other question does revolve around the releases so we can just let's hit it right now talk about the releases dominic there are many, well, many people on the exact same date, which is absolutely wild. April 15th is, I guess, spring cleaning day for WWE. Released <laughs> more wrestlers. Uh, so there was a, a big batch, then a second batch, and then Mojo Rowley just maybe they couldn't call him. They couldn't get a hold of him, but yeah. he was the last straggler. Well, the, the, only, the only couple I want to touch on, Mickey James, a veteran of the ring, um, multi-time women's champion divas champion uh, impact champion so a subject that we touch on a lot is AEW's women's division and how they need a you know that veteran presence with that in-ring ability do you think mickey james could fill that void brandon mickey james i believe would be a good fit for AEW. i mean they need all the talent they can get tonight I believe Mickey James is a talented wrestler and she still has a lot to offer. I mean, she was just doing the pre-show commentary for NXT. 
we're gonna talk about another commentator that just got you know, just got the axe but uh she she's married to nick aldis nwa champion i believe it's probably it's a logical connection to put her in nwa if she wants to go to AEW, like if i just compare her to serena deeb who's kind of in the similar boat she's much more valuable than serena deeb she has a bigger name value maybe a better wrestler i know maybe mickey has some injuries and everything like that but i mean when it comes to the women's like the women i know a lot of people love the iconics i don't see them being a good fit in AEW. the other one i would maybe see is chelsea green i i mean i i like what she did in impact she didn't get really too much to do in nxt and unfortunately she came up to smackdown made the debut broke her leg and then comes back didn't even come back. She, I think she was backstage, but she didn't even have an opportunity to re-debut. So I'll throw it back to you. Your thoughts on the prospects of Chelsea Green being a free agent. I loved what she did with Impact when she was that crazy psycho, whatever the fuck her name is. Um, I dug it. I understood why when released from Impact, she went to NXT and, you know, I kind of liked what she was doing in it with Robert Stone and all that kind of fun stuff. So Am I going to sit here and say, damn, there goes a future, you know, SmackDown women's champion or Raw women's champion? Probably not. But I still think she has the presence and the wherewithal to be dominant, maybe heel or that, you know, that lovable, but really don't like you heel. So I, I think she's definitely one of those stars that can go anywhere and be famous. So, and since we're just going to run down all the women, that were released we will go to the mailbag for this question from the bullet cast they ask do you think the iconics will go to impact you know if they stay together and they are literally i mean i was thinking in my head this morning i'm like so they can't use the iconics could you you just like the you know what would be like the what happens if you use one eye true that, that could be true, but like um, or two eyes I, in the second eye. You know what I'm saying? Why don't you spell it with instead of I like real word iconic? Why don't you just use like spell I like E Y E? But the point of the gimmick was it was two eyes because it's two of them. Oh, yeah, that's true. But do I see them going to impact? Dominic, do you think this is the right time for me to finally pull the trigger? And I know the studio will absolutely hate me for this, <laughs> but can I finally get the iconic shirts? that I so wanted to wear to a wrestling show, both of us? I mean, you know, you could buy them and, you know, I could just hide it in my room and then one day just, you know. And then you, when next time we go to a show, I wear it. Or maybe we both wore jackets. And then by the time we get in line, we're actually in the building. So if you can't just, do anything about it, we just take it off. We're like, yeah, yeah fuck you guys. Um, no, when you mean fuck you guys, you mean fuck you, studio audience. And I don't think you want to say that because she will beat your ass or. Did I say will, it? No. Or she will demand us to drive all the way back home. So we take off our jackets midway through the show. We do it at the very end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, no. Do I think they're going to go to Impact? If they stay together, I can see it. If they literally want to go their separate ways, which I don't think they will. I think they didn't want to split up in the first place, which nobody wanted to see them split up. But And then you didn't do anything with them afterwards. Exactly. Well, Peyton Royce got uh, a little bit of help, but Billy Kay was... I think she was they, doing funny they stuff. Put her in a, they put her in another tag team, which makes no sense. Why would you put her in another tag team when she was doing just fine with yeah. her bestie, with her life partner? Exactly. So, I mean, if they stay together, yeah, I could see them going to impact. But I I really think 
Peyton Royce out of the two is the star. Billy, I hate to say it, is kind of pulling her down. So I would say, if anything, Peyton is the money. And with her husband being an AW, it makes sense for her to go AW to be more with her, with him and her together, blah, blah, blah. So if they stay together, I see them impact. But if AW offers her a contract, I think she'll she'll say, sorry, Billy, I'm going with my husband. Peyton Royce to the pinnacle possibility. I mean, Billy Kay to inner circle. And then you have, you know, I, I don't know. The blood to you to stop all blood. So, I mean, I agree with you. I think if we're going to take like the overall package, I think maybe Peyton has a little more upside maybe in ring because Billy as as entertaining as she is like I don't really her wrestling isn't that great I mean Peyton also isn't but I feel like she's a little bit better she carries herself more like as a star and Billy is always kind of lean more on that comedic kind of lower card role and as I said you always be joking me when you go to WWE or when you come from WWE I think AEW doesn't want to go too too much on the former people and I know they have some in the women's division but I would uh, maybe hold off on that. But the big, big name everyone's talking about, Samoa Joe, recent Raw commentator. He gets the boot. He was a viral meme sensation with him wearing a poncho with Michael Cole during the WrestleMania uh, thunderstorm. He gets the axe. Dominic, where do we see Samoa Joe next? If we see him, I know he has a medical history. Do you think it's more WWE won't clear him and he wants to wrestle? Or is it he just can't wrestle? I'm going to lean on it's WWE just because, I mean, I feel like if he, well, in my honest opinion, it might be WWE with a mixture of maybe Joe didn't want to work there anymore. Now, I know everybody, you know, in the world wants to work for WWE because it's quote unquote big leagues. But I mean, let's, let's face it. Daniel Bryan, Edge have all, you know, oh, Studions is calling me. Let me finish this thought. Daniel Bryan, Edge, fought for their comeback story. He could do the same thing. I'm picking up a phone call. Damn, so, oh, well, I forgot. Dominic is actually on the studio audience uh, laptop, so he won't just leave us and come back. So that's great. Got Studions probably calling, asking us, oh, why are you guys still doing the podcast, even though we do the podcast same time every single week but anyways uh let's just run down or i guess i'll talk about samojo for a little bit i agree uh, i i believe some we will see samojo wrestle again i think he's also very talented as a commentator his promo work is phenomenal i mean i was looking at some clips of him and brock lesnar that few they had a few years back and just the way joe carried himself was just a badass go up against brock lesnar we haven't really seen someone go up against lesnar like that uh, really at all since he uh, came back in 2012 and Samoa Joe and Bloodsport. I mean, that'd be so much fun. Seeing Samoa Joe in New Japan would be a lot of fun. Impact, I I don't see it. I know Impact and ROH, you're gonna maybe, you know, lean back on the history. I believe he's a better fit with ROH and he can be, I don't know if I say a difference maker, but I think he's more valuable in ROH than Impact. I think Impact kind of has its own niche. It's not going to grow any much more. But if you bring our if you bring him into ROH, possibly the most significant wrestler in ROH history, I think that can be something for him to do. Are you ready for the bad news, Brandon? What is the bad news, Dominic? Is she already off work? No, but I do need to take a shower because we have to go out now after she gets off of work. 
and I'm a little butthurt about that because I didn't want to. Well, not yet, at least. But Damn. so we're gonna get through the last couple of questions, Mister X. Maybe I can stay a little bit for the wrestling, but I am gonna have to. Well, Don, like, I feel like to tell the people how long does it take you to take a shower? It should only take you like maybe ten minutes. Bruh, I got I got a luscious mane to wash, dog. You don't got hair. I will actually do have hair. There might be a little receding up top, but I mean, you know, it's it's still there, kind of. Not really. Anyways, let's just get over with this shit so I can fucking do the fun. If want to fucking go where she wants me to go, some bitch, goddamn it. Anyways, all right, uh, let's just run down quick. Tucker, what do you see, Tucker? NWA, dying. Okay, uh, Kalisto. <laughs> Um, talented luchador triple a uh, mojo Rally. impact i can see that uh, bo dallas nwa as well new japan wesley blake definitely new japan all right just, uh, dominic has everybody going to new japan i guess except we can... for tucker he dies for some reason Tucker, I hope you don't die. Uh, first, uh, well, I guess we can get Dominic's quick WrestleMania recap. I've already talked about it, Dominic. Any- well, I got I got three questions, Mr. Oh, X. Sorry, sorry. Jesus. Mr. X, I apologize for Brandon just trying to cut you off. And Well, you're you know, telling me to hurry the fuck up, so. He has a voice, and he's trying to voice his opinions, Brandon. Jeez. I'm, I'm sorry, Mr. X. Continue. Should we be worried about Keith Lee after these last batch of releases, Brandon? I think so. I don't think so. I think he will stay. Alistair Black? Rumor has it that they are filming vim- vignettes for him, Dominic. I know we're big Alistair I'm Black guys. Fucking huge fan. So I real I that's why I was nervous when all these releases were happening. I didn't see his name. So and then I read that these vignettes are happening. So pray to God he doesn't get released. Could we possibly see Ibushi showing up in AEW anytime soon to come after Kenny and that world title? Anytime soon is relative if i would say by 2021 no now do we see abushi and more new japan people in aw possibly we had john moxley challenging a nagata for the u.s title so i would be uh, i think it'd be a lot of fun if we see nagata and uh in aew so dominic your thoughts huge nagata fan so i hope that it happens and i would love for it i mean the crossover to have him come to aw with moxley be kind of you know, I would expect him to, I would expect Moxley to lose. But, you know, if they do it in New Japan, you know, I'm pretty sure Moxley would win too. But I don't know. Love to see it. Anyways. God damn it, my phone. I was going to read it. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> just asking a question. Why couldn't the studio audience just text you that instead of calling you when she knows we're doing the podcast? Really, Brandon? How long have you known Mary? I mean, I'm just asking. I'm just asking a question. Just throwing it out there. Okay, okay. Okay, this is kind of a off-topic thing, and it's the last question from Mr. X, Brandon. So you better did he answer our, Did he answer our calls for an entertainment question? Uh, I, I would say kind of. Okay, kinda. okay, okay. Besides wrestling and the games of sport, what other interests do you have? As for myself, along with my love for art, I've been a nerd since a kid. So comic books, sci-fi, anime, movies, etc. have always been an obsession. For my birthday, I received a WATL World Axe Throwing League kit, which included two throwing axes, 
So I may have a new hobby to take over my life. Brandon, so basically he's they saying... Do, they do have the axe on ESPN. I, I would assume you've seen it, but uh, that yeah, is I have. Fun. that's fun to see. I mean, I think I would end up murdering someone by accident because that's just... the. I mean, if I can't throw a fucking foam puck into a ice rink, I don't think I could throw an axe at a fucking piece of wood, so... Well, as long but. as there's not like any eight-year-olds, two rows in front of you. <laughs> I mean, other interests for me... Um, I mean, I don't know if we ever really talked about this but i mean when we first started doing the podcast that was probably the tail end of my drumming obsession because you know I had to make room for <clears throat> someone else to move in here but um i was really big into oh, yeah, music the studio, mas- the, uh, studio mascot <laughs> <laughs> yes the studio mascot um but no i i was really big into music i i, I had a very small role with a buddy of mine we were trying to get something started but it never came to fruition, but um, I was really big into music. I would still say I'm into music. I'm just trying to, you know, the path to where I want to be is very roadblock ridden with potholes and barbed wire and snakes and sharks and stuff. So it's just going to take me a long time to get to where I want with it. So that's why this podcast has to be probably one of my favorite things to do because, you know, I may not speak of the knowledge like brandon and i may not pay attention like brandon but it's a platform for me to voice my stuff and you know if i get a laugh out of it man that was so beautiful brings a tear to my eye uh so outside of sports and wrestling my interests i'd rather see video games i have loved to play video games ever since n64 back in the day shadow banjo kazooie that's a goat game still haven't finished it on xbox but uh one of these days, I'll get back on the Xbox and finish that game. But uh, uh, some other interests, I'm kind of like into like, I'd say mainstream nerd culture. Like I love the Marvel stuff. I like Star Wars. I, you know, dabbled into DC a little bit. I watched the Snyder Cut. That was good. But uh, Marvel and Star Wars, those are probably the two. Uh, some other ones, some like random ones. I do like amusement parks. And I like learning about like the history of amusement parks. Like I'll watch like some YouTube stuff of like all these different closed amusement parks or like your favorite You're Disney stuff. Hey, you know what? Mr. X asked me the fucking question and I'm answering it. Okay. And sneakers, big sneaker culture guy. Uh, haven't bought any shoes, I think, since the pandemic started, but big pop. For and that's the young why we're lo- going to Kohl's. You know that? Because she wants to buy more shoes. Oh, because studio audience has been bitten by the sneaker bug again. Yeah. And it's pissing me the fuck what? off. But, I mean, not, not hating on shoes from Kohl's, but if you're trying to get some sneakers, once you're like Foot Locker or Champs. I mean, because that's where she, you know, the green ones I sent you the picture of, they're Air Jordan Infinities 2 or something like that. And she, even she put a, them. I thought there was a giant Nike logo on. I'm pretty sure those on Jordans. Bro, I looked at, where's the, I can get you the box right now. It says Air Jordan on it. Hold on, let me. Or is it Air Max? Maybe it's Air Max. It's definitely Air Max, Dominic. Okay, there's, sorry. There's, yeah. n- you're going to tell me. That hey, there's a giant <laughs> Nike logo on a Jordan shoe. Shut the fuck up, man. I told you. Jeez. But she wants to get like another pair of those, I think. So you even texted me. What is it? Do you have Nike Infinity, Nike Air Max Infinity? It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know what? Shut the fuck up. All right. Jeez. If you want to be like Mr. X and answer and ask and curveball and CS at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, curveballs and CS. Oh, which we got a DM. I forgot about that shit. God damn it. Links and everything are in the description. So I click on that and it'll take you to all the necessary links and social media channels. All right. The DM is from Copenhagen Smith. Oh, wait, that's a little old. Never mind. Fuck that guy. 
It was a joke because we you know, never heard of him again. Never heard from him on the Bullocast either. Don't know what the fuck happened to him. He fell into a hole known of depression. Dominic depression is it funny. Your thoughts on wrestle? Let's just jump into it. WrestleMania, All right. Well, WrestleMania okay, bye, recap. Dominic, shut the fuck up. We're going until twelve forty-five. All right, that's what I'm letting you go. What? Yes. Ah. We got fifteen minutes. We're gonna power through this WrestleMania recap. Your thoughts on WrestleMania? Yada yada yada. If you want to hear my thoughts, Bullocast, check it out. Dominic, go. Well, if I had a great, if I first of all had to pick which one I chose as the winner, night one or two, definitely go night one. Night two, very lack fucking luster. I felt that they book they either a booked it all fucking wrong or two they could have. I don't. I don't. I don't know what the hell happened, but. It just did not feel very warm and welcoming. But I will say night one, they started off with a bang. It was a banger. Every fucking match. Yeah, the women's match had some botches, but it was botchamania for both days anyways. Um, My favorite match, I would probably say... I I mean, it's probably going to be everybody's favorite match, but I have to say it was Bianca and Sasha just because I felt, you know, not only how historic it was, but they did tell a great story. It was a great match. And by the way, that fucking hair whip at the end, freaking amazing. Um, Lee's favorite match. Mm. Oh, that's it. What was your least favorite match? Do you have one? Least? Oh, by far, Fiend and Randy Orton. Obviously. Your least favorite. Obviously. Randy Orton and the Fiend. I mean, you're not going to throw like, you know, Tamina and Natalia versus Nia and Shayna or something like that. I kind of defended that match. I thought it did get a little, little good late, but I will say 14 minutes. I think the second longest match outside the main event, quite ambitious. Why are you giving them that much time? Okay. Whatever. I guess I can agree with that. Um, moment of the night. Uh, I mean, of course, Bianca winning the title, but I mean, I would have to say anything Bad Bunny did. He he delivered. Um, I, I know Triple H put it out that he was working hard, but he actually delivered. I think he did a really good job. I I mean, when he got thrown into the ropes and he almost killed himself, I was a little like, oh, God. But other than that, I think I think moment of the night had to be anything he did in that match. If it was the, you know, tornado DDT, if it was jumping off the top rope, if it was, you know, I don't even know what the I can't remember what his finisher thing he was, but. I mean, the Canadian Destroyer, he, you know, by far, anything in that match he did, I think was a great moment. So, uh, yeah. And Roman Reigns, Edge, Daniel Bryan, I think that match went off perfectly. Everything was just amazing. So, and then the only thing I don't like now is this whole of, uh, you know, Edge's shoulders around the mat, or you know, he was on top of Daniel Bryan. And then he, you know, technically, yeah, I don't like that with Adam Pierce saying, come talk to me in the office. After, I don't I don't like that shit, but you know. All in all, WrestleMania night one, three and three quarter stars, almost a four, night two, a fucking two and a half. You didn't touch on the WWE championship match. That was the opener of WrestleMania. Lashley wins, and then night after, or two nights after on Raw. Drew McIntyre wins triple threat. So now we're going to run it back on WrestleMania backlash. I feel they kind of booked themselves into a corner unless they just have Lashley beat Drew again, straight up your thoughts on putting the title or 
having title Lashley face title retaining the Lashley <laughs> and Drew McIntyre having to face him again in a month. Well, my thing is, so I, I would assume that Lashley is going to retain again, but where do you put Lashley going forward? Who would be the next logical opponent? Would it be Braun? Would it be Randy? Would it be Bork laser? Bork motherfucking laser. <laughs> Every time, every time. Now let's get into NXT and AEW. First time, no Wednesday Night Wars anymore. NXT was on Tuesday. AEW was on Wednesday. Don't talk about ratings at all, but I thought this was an important one. NXT, slight uptick at 805,000, but the big, big winner, AEW getting 1.219 million people. This is the highest rating since the debut episode in 2019, which I don't want to talk about because that was the same day as the A's. Losing to the Rays in the wildcard game forever. Well, remember that. Uh, but Dominic, your thoughts on the pretty substantial rating from AEW. Mike Tyson on the show probably helps. No competition also helps. Do you think they can build on this and get even bigger? And once they get into like the 1-4, one, 1-5, one, they're entering and beating Raw and SmackDown numbers. Well, I mean, I don't think it's going to get that. I, I think where they're at is probably going to be the pinnacle, no pun intended, of their success. NXT definitely for some, I mean, they did a lot better than they've been doing, but I'm surprised that, you know, if you love wrestling, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to have an allegiance. Wrestling is wrestling. So I'm surprised that, you know, the other, you know, 400,000 that tuned into to AEW didn't tune in to, to NXT. Now, is that hurting WWE, yeah, in my opinion, it hurts them, but you're hurting wrestling as well. So for those 400,000 that didn't tune in and you, you're trying to say, oh, no, I'm a legend to AEW, you're, yeah, good for you. You're, you know, loyal, but you're hurting NXT and there's talented people on NXT and having you tune in to see their match and to hear their stories and everything, you know, you're, you're squandering it. So those 400,000 people. Fucking tune in NXT too. Yeah, you tell him, Dominic. Now, let's move on to NXT proper. When we will rush through it to maybe when Dominic leaves, I can go and get into the more detailed parts. Cross opens with a promo. New NXT champion. I mean, he just kind of did cross thing of calling, calling everyone out. If you want to come get it. No, 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 no. Cool. Cool. Uh, MSK defeats Killian Dane and Drake Maverick to retain the NXT tag team titles. Crowd a little bit against MSK, but uh, still a solid tag team title match. I mean, MX, MSK, I think, is going to get that kind of treatment going forward just because of the fact that everybody kind of already knows that they won because, you know, they were the better, the best situation out of it. So, do I think I'm gonna, they're going to get booed for much longer? No, but they might get that, you know, babyface treatment. Mercedes Martinez went to go collect her debt from Robert Stone. She gets uh, stood up to by Jesse, Jesse Camilla, and Mercedes makes kind of quick work of her, maybe building up Mercedes a little bit as a veteran babyface or heel, I guess, against Raquel Gonzalez. I'd probably say heel because I think Mercedes is going to be a – wait – Who's fucking champion again? Is it Mercedes? Rick no, Gonzalez. Gonzalez. God damn it. I think Gonzalez is going to be a baby face, so Mercedes has to be a heel. 
surprise and maybe highlight of the night was Kushida defending San- defeating Santos Escobar in a cruiserweight championship match. Wins with a uh, roll up or with the whatever jackknife cover. Kushida, your new cruiserweight champion, kind of out of nowhere. I thought the match was absolutely phenomenal. Been calling for Kushida to finally like get something and actually get a push. I mean, they put the title on him, beating Escobar, substantial. He gets talks to Jordan Devil in a little bit. What do you see Kushida and Escobar going after this? I definitely think Kushida, Kushida, Kushida isn't going to be champion for long. I think this is just a a ploy on WWE, NXT, whoever you want to call, to you know be like, oh look, he's NXT, he's cruiserweight champion. Oh my god, he's gonna do big things. And then I think it's only going to be a couple weeks until he drops it. I don't, I do not hold my breath on it. Um, I think it was a phenomenal match. I like that they actually put it on him, but I don't see anything really going forward. I think I'll hold it for a, a little while. Maybe he loses at the next takeover, but uh, I agree with you. I mean, I'm excited to see Kushida actually do something. I know his promo work isn't that great, but they do a great work with EO. Why can't you just do kind of the similar thing with Kushida? Then we get a recap of the Cole O'Reilly match and we get a little bonus footage of after the match. Uh, I Both of them get stretchered out. And we get Cole just absolutely berating Kyle O'Reilly as both of them get wheeled into the hospital, which, I mean, I don't know if they were going for it, but I thought it was kind of hilarious. I mean, I... Now, I, I kind of do wish they kind of went a little more in depth, but I thought it was funny. So I'm happy for that. I, I like I like that type of comedy, or not comedy, but those ironic moments. Uh, sticking with Undisputed Era... Roderick Strong goes into, or I guess William, he was in William Regal's office as William Regal entered and he hands him his papers. So I guess Roderick Strong is quitting NXT. I would assume there's going to be some sort of payoff for this. Where do you see Roderick Strong in the midst of uh, NXT? Maybe he really is quitting and he's going to the main roster, Brandon. You never know because I don't see him really doing much in NXT anymore. Just like it's like something we talk about with Adam Cole all the time. We don't really see him doing much anymore. When's he getting in the call up? I mean, I don't see Roger Strong doing much on the main roster. He's undersized. He's a good worker. Doesn't have that much personality. So, I mean, I can see him just getting lost in the shuffle or maybe even being a job guy on the main roster. And that's not exactly what I want to see. I'd much rather maybe come back repackaged, doing something different. But what he was doing in NXT was pretty much what he's been doing on the indie scene for his entire career. So if Roger Strongest has a completely new vamp look, he maybe gets paired up more with his wife, Marina Shafir. She was there with him when he handed his paper. So maybe they can be like some sort of duo. Uh, I don't know, because I guess uh, was it Jessamine Duke? I, I think she's more of like a backstage person now. She's not exactly wrestling at all, so. Maybe pair them up and see what they can do. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez, the NXT Women's Champion, not Mercedes Martinez, comes out, cuts a promo. Uh, Dakota Kai was there, hyping her up, introduces her, and this was kind of cut up into like three different ports, portions. Raquel Gonzalez kind of cuts the Karrion Cross promo. Then Frankie Monet makes her debut, and they go back and forth, the little Spanglish. So kind of starting off hot with Monet going straight for the top. Uh, Dominic, your thoughts on that part and getting Monet introduced in front of the champion. Well, I'm really happy that they did what they did now being just kind of thrown at the top. I kind of don't like, I wish they could kind of just build her slowly 
Um, but I think it's phenomenal. I, I do expect her to be big in NXT. And then I I kind of do want to see her and Morrison team up on the main roster. I think that'll be a kind of a good, you know, one-two punch. So I think Raquel can go either or. Uh, Frankie can go either or as well. Where do you see Monet kind of as a landing spot? Is she more of a heel, more of a baby face, or kind of like a cocky, kind of Bianca Belair-ish where she's a baby face or a heel, but she can go either or because she's kind of like cocky and full of herself? I mean, yeah. Um, but, I mean, I, I really don't know because I don't really want I my hopes and what I expect are going to be completely different, so I don't really want to jinx anything right now. Then finally, uh, Raquel Gonzalez gets interrupted by both of the main roster champions, uh, Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair. They have a cute little moment where they they uh, all pose with their titles. They flash up a photo of all three of them together. Just happens to all three of them in the exact same position. I mean, it was cute. It was a cool little moment. You know, me being a stickler for kayfabe, I wasn't the biggest fan of Rhea Ripley, who got written off of NXT because of Raquel Gonzalez, just going up in shoulder to shoulder with her <laughs> just going up hugging laughing with her like nothing ever happened so i mean it's not exactly my hey. cup of tea but i understand what the old like ways it. are dead brandon this is the new generation damn kids killing the business all right all right dusty calm the fuck down but damn kids killing the business baby oh my god i cry <laughs> can i go home now no, your thoughts. So, did you cry during that moment? Dominic was it so fucking. No, I didn't. I don't give a shit about no, fucking baby. friendships and shit. I want to fucking see them fight. I want to see some hair extension getting ripped out. I want to see some blood. You know, fuck friends, better enemies. He, uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott defeats Leon Ruff, then Ruff attacks Swerve after the fact. So, I guess we're getting this feud going forward. And then in the main event, we had uh, Shotzi, Ember Moon, Leon Ruff, and Leon Ruff. Why did I put Leon Ruff? Bronson Reed and Dexter Loomis. Defeating the way, uh, you know, kind of everyone you would expect doing their roles. And we finally get Index. They're together. Fucking indie wrestling pulls a, a, a what's it called? A squints and passes out. And Dexter Loomis takes her to the back. And Indy winks at the camera and throws a thumbs up. And it was fucking stupid, but it was amazing. I mean, can we make sure he didn't do something to her? After, you know, because I think I think it was consensual, Dominic. It better be fucking consensual, I swear to God. But I will say, decent match. Enjoyed the finish, Shotzi. I love you. I thought it was a fun match as as well. Always got to get a kick out of Candice going back to her roots, doing some intergender wrestling. And Dominic, I will let you go. We I'm not going to ask you to do the full dynamite recap, but I will ask you, Thank you. Young Bucks night one after their turn they cut a promo have a stellar match with Pac and phoenix and then they cut another promo in the parking lot just your thoughts on the repackaged young bucks i i hated the photo shoot with the D, what is it coach or what was it dior or whatever fucking terrible and i burped a little bit sorry fucking terrible but their promos why don't you like the photo shoot here are you jelly because they can afford ten thousand dollar shoes they creased them i'm not a sneakerhead but i know you're not supposed to crease them brandon okay I'm just going to assume they're fake and they're just getting heat for, I mean, no matter their heels. So no matter which way you wrestle in real shoes, which is going to get people heat, get them angry at you or you're wrestling fakes. And you're just flexing everyone. Like they're real. <laughs> I will say though, a lot better than the recent weeks. So young bucks, keep doing what you're doing. Ray Phoenix. 
Good God. What a man. What a man, what a man, what a mighty good man. Dominic, so, that'll am, do it. Am I free you, to go now? You are free to go. Any lasting words to the people out there? Whatever Brandon says about me when I leave is not true. I will listen to the end of it just to make sure he doesn't smear, was it not smear? Uh, what, what, oh, slander my good name. Well, I'm, that's the word I was looking for, slander. Slander my good name. So. so as soon as you hang up and I put you over, it just I'm all just lying. You're not a good person, not a good friend maybe anyways everybody tell me i should should bury you so then everything i don't say is true pretty much yeah all right everybody listen to brandon be nice no biting and for the love of god brandon please don't mispronounce anything while i'm away i will try my best not to mispronounce anything dominic Okay, guys, goodbye and good night, making bings. Yes. So they started off with the Young Bucks cutting a promo as Dominic fades away and leaves us. (laughs) So sad. Uh, The Young Bucks cut a promo. I enjoyed it. I mean, I think both the promos, I liked Matt. Matt is definitely the talker of the two. Nick is more in-ring, and I thought Nick definitely carried his own in-ring and the facials and everything like that. So I liked the Young Bucks promo before. Afterwards, I like the content with Matt and Callis. Kenny still doing Kenny cringy things, and I I mean I know it's the Young Bucks gimmick, super kicking the the cameraman, but I didn't. I thought that was just kind of corny and kind of stupid. But you know, it was definitely a step in the right direction, a lot better than what they have been doing. Uh, we get another promo: Tyson and MJF. Tyson kind of, you know, introduces himself because no one knows who Mike Tyson is, and MJF goes back and forth. I think Mike Tyson did a, a really good job here, kind of carrying himself. MJF trying to pay off Mike Tyson, like Mike Tyson isn't loaded and made millions of dollars off of his last boxing fight. A little comical, but and I could have done without him, like eating the check. But overall, you know, the first ninety percent of the promo, I thought it was good. And I enjoyed it quite a bit. Then we get that match between the Young Bucks and Pack and Phoenix. Very much enjoyed this match. You know, 20 plus minutes going balls to the wall. Kind of hard. I think this is kind of the uphill battle for the Young Bucks turning heel is they're going to put on banger matches and they're cocky and arrogant. And it's very similar to what they were in New Japan and PWG. That's what got them popular. That's what got them over. I didn't like them kind of being a little too meta at times with like Matt firing up and like fake crying and yada, 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 but it's heels being over the top. So I give them a little bit of a pass. I I do like the acknowledgement that the heels are always in one corner and the baby face in the other corner. And so the young bucks were in the heel corner this time. So I just kind of a little, little nod, little, you know, detail that AEW does not oversight. Then we get Jade Cargill taking on a red velvet. Jade gets the win in a, a, a pretty good match for what to expect from these two ladies. Uh, you know, red velvet, I would say maybe kind of carried the match in terms of like, you know, athleticism and kind of creating the movement. Jade, what she did was good enough. I liked it. Jade getting the win makes a lot of sense. And Jade, as long as she can continue to progress and improve in ring, her look, her promos, her charisma, and, you know, machismo is fantastic and hopefully everything works out for her because if she can't put everything together i think she can be a really big star for aew and she's a a developed star in aew not trying to build off of the indies or 
post WWE career. I mean, even though she technically, I think I was a part of the PC, but then she didn't really do anything in the PC. But anyways, uh, Britt Baker does another one of her promos with Tony Schiavone. She reacts to Red Velvet losing, which says since she's seven and one and Red Velvet's five and one, that means Britt should jump up to the second spot in the women's rankings. Just more kind of decent stuff here from uh, Britt. She advertises that she's going to have a match on Monday and, you know, solid good stuff. I do believe Britt is the next women's champion. Put it on her. We've been waiting for such a long period of time and no disrespect to Sheeta, but I think it is kind of time to go in a different direction. They will have a title match next week, Sheeta and Ty Conti. They did a little bit of hype for that. Both of them, not exactly the strongest promos. So, I mean, Conti said a few sentences. I think Sheeta only said, like, I can't wait to defend this title in front of fans. That's pretty much it. Ran a few highlights. Not expecting too, too much from this match, but it will be a big test for Ty Conti. You know, having Sheeta in there, she's had good matches with pretty much everyone except for Abaddon. And I don't know what kind of slot they'll put themselves in. I don't know if there'll be the main event, maybe mid, you know, from that first to second hour gap, which is where kind of the women's have been slotted at. But I'm intrigued to see what they can do. But I do believe that Sheeta will win. And we build to Britt Baker taking on Sheeta at double or nothing. Then we had another squash match with Anthony Agogo, the bronze medalist takes on Cole Carter. Both these guys, super duper green. Cole, they said, only wrestled for like seven months. And I was wondering, wow, you're going to put this green guy against someone who's only wrestled for seven months? I don't know if that's a great idea for a squash match to look the guy, make the guy look good, but in the end, all they did was punch him in the gut. The man goes down, and the referee calls off the match. Now, I understand gut punches and liver kicks are very devastating. They can stop a fight. But in wrestling... I thought the finish was kind of weak and it also just, I know this is a little meta, but I think fans can see that, especially AW fans can see through of them trying to protect him and him not doing too much and not saying he can't do anything else, but fans are probably going to jump to conclusions and say, Oh, all he was able to do was throw a punch to a guy's stomach. Does that mean he can't even do anything and they're going to push him like he's a big deal possibly, or maybe he's just the big bad monster for Cody to slay, which makes a lot of sense either or, but what is kind of similar to Jade, he carries himself like a star. His charisma is there. It's just, especially in AEW, if he can put it together in ring, he can be something special. Then we get a Miro promo, just him inset talking by himself. Kind of talks about how he hasn't seen Skip since the arcade match. And this was the best Miro promo we've seen thus far. He was serious. He kind of went after Kip a little bit. He went after all the champions. He said, you know, if you hold the championship, watch out because I'm coming for you. So watch out. Miro is going to take on Hikaru Shida in a couple weeks. But, I mean, I loved it. I think with Miro going after the TNT title, going after Darby, Darby kind of in flux right now. I know Sting is doing some with Lance Archer. Team Taz is kind of focused more on Christian. So Darby doesn't exactly have a feud thus far. So maybe Miro comes out and can beat Darby for the TNT title. I think that can be a lot of fun. So nice to see they're finally going away from the comedy stuff and sticking with Miro as a serious heel because AEW needs heels, singles heels, really. And especially like the mid to upper mid card, I think Miro could be a fantastic spot for that position. Then we get Chris Jericho taking on Dax Hardwood with Mike Tyson. 
on the outside as a special guest or ring enforcer. And it was not the most important or biggest match in Dynamite history, like Tony Schiavone said, but it was a good match, you know, fun dynamic between these two guys. I don't think we've seen them work before, at least in a singles capacity. And we had a lot of action on the outside with Inner Circle and the Pinnacle interfering and kind of fighting. But Jericho ultimately gets the win over the tag team guy. Makes sense. The, you know, star, the leader of the Inner Circle beating the tag team guy of the Pinnacle Good match, and then in the end, Tyson joins Inner Circle. So now he's a member of DX and Inner Circle, so shout out to Mike Tyson on that one. And yeah, Chris Statlander takes on Amber Nova in a pretty straightforward squash match. You know, reintroduce Chris Statlander, kind of talk about her history, how she was, you know, really on the upward trajectory until she went down with the torn ACL. And I think she's a really good fit, especially if you put the title on Britt Baker. You can have Statlander take on Britt in a, in a title feud, something or other like that. So I, I'm I'm kind of high on Chris Statlander. I, her alien gimmick might be a little too quirky. I know she's with best friends in Orange Cassidy, so she fits right in on that front. But we'll have to wait and see. But I am uh, high on Chris Statlander, and I believe she will be doing some big things for the remainder of 2021. We get Team Taz cutting another promo backstage. We He tells Hobbs and Ricky Starks to hold back, and we get a little back and forth between Christian and Taz because Christian's supposed to have an open open challenge or whatever, an open contract to face someone in a match. And Taz and Christian go a little back and forth. I don't know. With Christian calling, you know, talking about the bingo halls and stuff that Taz worked, I don't think that really, you know, favors him to the fans as a baby face because that's such like an eye rolling heel line that we've seen so many times. It's not cool. It's not hip. And you go after ECW. A lot of the AEW fans have fond memories or like the idea of ECW, but uh, Hobbs lays out Christian cage, which sets up a match next week. Excited for Will Hobbs to see what he can do with Christian. I would assume Christian gets the win. If not, maybe some sort of like interference DQ finish. I don't see Hobbs beating him even with the distraction. I think they're going to want to keep Christian strong haven't really had him go towards the uh, AW championship at all. So maybe they're holding off on that and he is distracted with whatever he's going to do with team Taz. Then in the main event, the TNT championship Darby Allen defends against Matt Hardy in a falls count anywhere match. Another hardcore match. The third of this type in five weeks or maybe even fourth in like six weeks. If you count the barbed wire exploding match, you get the Ty Con- or Ty Conti, Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker, and the arcade match, including with this one, had a lot of hardcore matches kind of almost every other week at this point. And I said the last week, I'm going to repeat it again. Let's hold off on the hardcore stuff, especially with the Blood and Guts War Games feud coming up in May 5th. No more of this. I think people can start to become numb to it. That being said, Thought it was a good match. Shout out Matt Hardy. Uh, his father passed away, I believe, a few days before this match was recorded. So obviously heavy hearts. He was probably motivated and also distracted at the same time. So shout out to the Hardy family. You know, thoughts and prayers go out to them during this difficult time because now the Hardys don't have either parent. The mother passed away in the 90s, really didn't see them reach any sort of success in WWF. So sad to see that his father passed away but that being said uh 
I, I enjoyed the match for what it was. Uh, Hardy, you know, attacking Darby and Darby selling for a majority of it, which is what he does. He's going to sell his ass off and then he's going to make the fiery comeback. He can't, he can't kill Darby. And in the end, he puts Hardy through a table after doing a coffin drop off the scaffold. So Darby continues his TNT title reign. I've already said it. I believe Miro is the next logical option, either not like he's going to face him off next week or anything like that. But if I'm looking at people that take the title off of Darby, if that's what you're looking for, I would say, yeah, I'd probably say Miro. Maybe Lance Archer. We didn't see anything with Sting or Archer this week. So kind of putting that either feud or kind of interaction on ice. But overall, I thought it was a really good episode of Dynamite with the 1.2 million viewership. I, I would believe that starting off with the bang with the Young Bucks and Pack Phoenix match, that's going to intrigue some people. Next week is interesting. It's You can always pop a rating. But what you want to see is them con- to consistently either grow or hover around that mark. If they, can, if they come back over a million again next week, then I'm going to start, you know, believe in the hype. But if they go down to 900,000 or 800,000, which I don't think they're going to go down to 800. I don't think, I know, I know NXT was maybe getting a little bit of a rub from WrestleMania takeover fallout and everything like that. But now with no competition, I do believe we're going to see AEW consistently hover around the million mark, whether they go to 950, maybe one, two, maybe nine, three, nine, four, possibly if like a really big show, they have the blood and guts match. Maybe they're able to hype up and really get a lot of people into that. Just maybe just the curiosity factor of what they do. I think maybe that May 5th show could be their best rating to date. That'll do it for us for today. Thank you very much for tuning in. Dominic had to leave early, but we got a lot of stuff in. We got a lot of his opinions on the matter. Thank you, everybody who sent in questions. Mr. X, Tygundi, Tygundi, the Bulletcast, and even Big Fluff 13. Once again, if you want to be a part of the show and send in some questions, email it to curveballandcs at gmail.com. Follow us on all the social medias. Twitter and Instagram is Curveballs and CS. We're on Facebook, YouTube, TikTok. We're kind of also on Twitch, even though we never broadcast there. Maybe we'll do some MLB The Show grind in on YouTube. So stay tuned for that. But yeah, link tree, everything down in the description. Click on it. Follow us everywhere. Leave a five-star review. Subscribe. We're available wherever you get your podcast. Now also, I guess you can listen to Trapdoor to Hell. I made a surprise appearance last minute doing their monster movie monster slash evil villain, whatever you want to call it, uh, tournament. So we crowned a winner. Check that out. Also, going to be doing my own show on the Bulletcast once again. Under the Radar returns on a Monday. It will be an NXT recap, I think. I don't even... I guess I talked a little bit about NXT, but that really was Dominic talking his stuff. So tune in for that and also Ms. and Mrs. Recap. I know everyone's excited for that. But yeah, thank you all for tuning in. For everyone who sent in questions, for the studio audience, the studio mascot, to the mascot, the big dog, little dog, Dominic Hobson, Brandon Tanguma, and the person that I hung up on, hopefully that was just a scam caller because they didn't call us back. Goodbye and good night. Uh, uh, bye-bye. <laughs>